Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. Good morning. Always welcoming your real estate questions, either by phone or by text. Before we say hi to our guys here, 651-989-9226, or send us a text, 81807. Chris and Andy, good morning. Good to see you guys again. You too. Good morning. What's it been like since we uh, spoke last? The real estate world good to you guys or what? Oh yeah, Andy. Andy did some little studying for us in San Francisco this week. So yeah, they uh, little research. Yeah, we had a uh, the um, one of the um, news providers in our industry is called Inman, and they had a geez a four day well five day if you went to the the opening session, but. Days of talking everything from technology to, um, you know, what's happening in real estate to where are we going in real estate. And what I think was was interesting about this conference was is that they're not bringing in third-party vendors. They're bringing in the actual people from Google. They're bringing in the people from Facebook. They were talking and, you know, like how do we advertise? How do we, you know, the big thing was machine learning is what they talked about and artificial intelligence. And I'm telling you, Denny, you give somebody an email address – and let's say that you're out at the state fair and you sign up for steak knives or yeah. whatever, whatever product I pick on steak knives. Sure. Um, and they can have that email address follow you everywhere where they put it into these different systems. And all of a sudden you start seeing ads for steak knives when you're on Facebook or on yep. Instagram or whatever. And so they were talking about how to do, you know, selective advertising. But for example, with real estate, you don't want to throw it out to the whole world. We want to target market some of these people. So you say, I'm looking for this demographic. I'm looking for this, you know, area. And what's nice is that you can pinpoint your advertising to the area that you you think will you know obviously favor that that ad, but on the other hand, it's like so how, when do you overdo it was the big question you know and and it came back to which I found refreshing, Denny was it came back to most of the technology was designed to enhance the customer experience, you know, just like when you order a pizza at Domino's and they said the consumer now sees that, oh, they're making my pizza. Oh, they're driving my pizza to my house. Oh, they're, and they go, why can't we do that in real estate? Why can't we take some of the archaicness out of our industry, add some automation so that it's a wonderful experience where sometimes as real estate agents, we get really busy and we forget to let the customer know all these little steps along the way that somebody, some may not be interested, but a lot of people are interested, you know, the, you know, so I don't know. I was pretty, uh, pretty excited. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because on each of the coasts, typically that's where it starts and it kind of comes in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so kind of getting ahead of the, the curve is kind of nice Yeah, and, and bringing that back here. So um, and just understanding what the market is doing. And the market has um, still, it's still going. I mean, people still aren't quite making decisions on the upper bracket, but uh, at least they're looking at them now. And uh, it'll it'll start happening pretty soon. But. You you were in a high end uh, real estate market there for those uh, meetings. Yeah, it uh, it was pretty crazy. We were talking <laughs> with some of the local real estate professionals out there that have an average sale price of one point six million, and uh, or or just for an example, a one bedroom one bath apartment is twenty eight hundred dollars a month, Woo. and it's garbage. I mean, you're talking like dirty, no garage, no parking spaces, you know. And and so that market is so intense out there that you know, but it the reason why they do the conference there not only is is because it's a fun city to visit, but it's it's right in embedded right next to Silicon Valley. So there's those tech companies that are out there. The technology people actually come and talk at these events when they're close. They won't come out to Minneapolis or New York, but they will you know drive through town, takes a, a taxi cab ride if you will up to uh, the convention center. So yeah, yeah, we got I, Travis Whitford with uh, us too uh, with Bay Equity. And uh, I guess Travis, how was uh, from a mar- or a mortgage uh, update this last week? I mean, yeah, this this uh, week we saw mortgage rates uh, drop a little bit here. I mean, it was primarily factored from uh, the geopolitical events with uh, with uh, North Korea mm-hmm. and those issues. So, I mean, when 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 there's uncertainty of uh, those types of situations going on, uh, you know, the, the money moves out of the stock market into the bond market, and then um, that in turn helps mortgage rates. So it was, a, it was a good week for interest rates last week. Yeah, that's super. I know we got uh, texts and yeah. phone calls to take. I think uh, we didn't get too many last week, so uh, hopefully we can get well, some to some Some shows and... you are imparting a whole lot of information. Right. It takes <laughs> Takes yeah. up time to you do mean that. we can't? You can't get us a be quiet. <laughs> Is that what you call it? No. <laughs> yeah. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Yeah, we've cleared the line. So if you uh, have a real estate question by phone, by all means, uh, or send a text like some folks have already done eight one eight zero seven. Yeah. Let's let's take a couple. Yeah. Uh, Is there any value in a pocket listing in a seven hundred seventy five thousand dollar market? I don't need to seek uh, or sell. That must be sell. Yeah. But want to test the market. Also, what is your outlook for this market in the next two months? Okay. So typically, um, it's a market I deal with quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, that the fall usually ends up really good uh, in that market. And the reason being is because people get really busy during the summer. You know, and it's kind of like, and if things are sitting there, it's like, oh, we can do it next week, or you know what, we'll go look, and then oh, we'll do it next week, and then oh, we got a vacation, and now we got a wedding, now the kids are going back to school, and once it gets to fall, they're starting like, you know what, we're not going to miss this again. Let's go out and start looking. But I think what's interesting is that a lot of times um, that I've experienced is people that have already seen the house already are the ones that are going to buy it in the fall. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's kind of like they start thinking, and and maybe they're waiting for something new to come on. And that new thing never comes on. They realize, but wow, that's the house. That's the one. That's the one. It is. But what do you think of the value of a? I mean, a, a pocket listing. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, I'm a little different on that. I think <laughs> because to me, I want to get out to the most po- people that we can. Mm-hmm. Po- pocket listings or pre-listings, I think, are good for when we're starting to get all the marketing materials together, so we can talk about it ahead of time. So if you want to do videos and aerials and, and get the house ready for sale, I think it's nice to have it signed and then you can start talking about it. Mm-hmm. But just doing it um, 
I don't know. I think in different markets, it, it works different ways. What yeah, do you think? You, you know, I think actually, I think that pocket listings are a fantastic way when networked with all the professionals in the marketplace. So I, when, when pocket listings are used by some uh, real estate agents to avoid paying commissions, I disagree completely in principle of, of the theory. Um, when you're using a pocket listing to starve out all of the lead generation tools like Zillow that are just, Zillow exists to generate leads for real estate agents. So no matter how you want to slice and dice it, that's how Zillow exists. That's how they make money. Basically, they hope that someday you click to see a house and they get to sell that information to that agent. So what ends up happening is um, anywhere that it's free, trust me, it's not free, especially after this last week of learning about all this stuff, it's not free. Um, But pocket listings, when properly executed where you're letting the local professionals know in that area and you're saying, hey, any of you that have a buyer in this marketplace ready to go, what's interesting is people say, well, I might be leaving money on the table. Absolutely not. These professionals that are coming in know to the nickel what that house is worth. They know what their buyer should be paying. If anything else, you should use that pre-list period as, a, as an opportunity to take your temperature for what offers you would see if you were listed because you'll see offers coming in that are right on the money. And I just, I don't know, I've had great success with pre-lists. I've had, um, I've always cooperated with other real estate agents. And the only reason why we do it is I I try to keep the property so that there's a sense of urgency by having it not available to the general public, but it is available to everybody. So, and if it doesn't work after a week, you know, that's where I go active. I mean, we will, and we are on the MLS, but we're not listed on the MLS. We actually cooperate. We put the comps in there. We put everything else in there too, but I've had great success with it. Yeah, and it just depends. Which I mean, different markets require different ways of doing things. And if you if you just put the same thing to every listing, it doesn't work. Right. You know, you have to you have to know what you're what you're dealing with too. I had a couple right. of calls this week that it's kind of like you know, <laughs> there's certain things that in in certain price ranges that you need to have. Yeah. To be able to make it go because it's kind of like a checklist and say hey, it's at least three bedrooms upstairs. You got to have mm-hmm. a three car garage. You have to have panel doors yep. and you need granite tops to be able to get this price. Right. You know, and then sometimes when you don't have that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, now how do we handle that? Now it's sometimes it's hey, we got to declutter it, make it as big as we can. We got to right. you know all the little things and I. It's a lot of talk about. It's not just a, a checklist of hey, you got to have these things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have them, then how do you you know maximize your amount? And it might right. be that you put that stuff in to maximize it. Right. But it might be you just change out. You have oak cabinets. We want to go with darker knobs. It changes the whole look of right. oak. Well, and you know, but Chris, too, the other thing that, you know, when you look at, again, adapting the technology perspective into this, if you're naive enough to think that I'm going to get 30000 more from my house than the neighbor just got for theirs right next door with less things done to it, what's crazy is that these banks behind the scenes, the even with an appraisal and everything else, they have their own uh, data analysis that they do that says, here's within the scope of what's happening in that market. With all the things that are being done, yes, this appraisal should come in in this range. They've got all that stuff dialed in too. So it's, it's multiple checklist steps unless you have a cash buyer. So then, yep, go nuts and try to find a cash buyer that will overpay because they don't exist. But if you can find a cash buyer that will overpay, then your theory works great. But that is such a small fragment of the market that you have to be realistic on values. And you, like I said... Your house is worth what it's worth. It's a matter of getting the marketing out there to get the right people that give you all the things you want in an offer, the right closing date, the right inspections, the right whatever, because there's more to it than just the price. Hey, well, let's go to the phones. Barb in Bloomington has uh, been waiting. Go ahead, Barb. We're listening. Hi, um, and good morning. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Um, I'm involved in uh, hopefully a sale of a property in Forest Lake. There's currently 
a life estate holder, and then the remainderman. And the life estate holder has had control of the property, and it's been in a rental mode for the last eight years. So specifically, and we have yet to sign a listing agreement but have talked to a realtor, we're wondering um, when we do get to the listing agreement, we've been told we all, meaning the remaindermen, have to sign that, is that if we wish to be indemnified where that language would go? And then the realtor also showed us um, two disclosure statements. One's a seller's property disclosure statement and one's the disclosure alternate form. And the realtor informed us the other day that the remaindermen would also have to sign the disclosure. And when I review these forms now without any legal review on our part, it would seem to me that the life estate holder would be the one to sign the disclosure and not all of us because we've only been in the property once in the last 15 years. I'll tell you what, uh, Barb, uh, uh, that's a, a, a big subject here, and we, we need to take a break. So hang on. Uh, the guys will respond when we come back after the break. 651-989-9226, our phone number, or send a text 81807. This is the Real Estate Show on A3OWCC, where the temperature reading has moved to 71. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Real Estate Show here on A3OWCCO. We're around uh, every Saturday in the 10 o'clock hour welcoming your real estate-related questions, either by phone, which is 651-989-9226, Text, uh, if you prefer that method, is 81807. Uh, Chris and Andy, I know you went up to uh, to uh, respond to that, uh, to the phone caller, yeah. uh, to Barb. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I only, wish we could. <laughs> yeah, because legal, you can There's can't. a lot of legal uh, little terms in there um, that we obviously, as realtors, we cannot give. Um, I 1,000% suggest that you do talk to an attorney uh, on all of that part uh, because – I'm really not. I'm not positive on that. Andy's uh, trying to get an attorney on the line, actually. So to answer, yeah, that, we'll try yeah. to answer yeah. that later in the show. So, so Barb, Barb, just keep listening. You don't have to hang on the the phone, but uh, yeah. keep listening to the show, and we'll, we'll see if we can get a touch you. with a, a lawyer. All right, we have a text too, right? You got it. It says the market feels slow. How much of that is parents not wanting to change kids' uh, schools mid year? I mean, that's obviously Mid-summer. a factor for some people. Uh, to be able to do that, but I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of local moves move within, you know, yeah. the same area. Right. So I think it's more about uh, people just being busy. I mean, July was, July was not good. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the start of the July was was really bad. It, but it's, I'm telling you, it's coming back. But again, there's pockets out there that are just not moving. And what I think mm-hmm. what's happened is that um, there's areas that everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm finally going to get the value of it, and then a bunch of people in the same spot throw it on the market. Mm-hmm. Well, then when you do that, I mean, everyone's just kind of hurting each other. Sure. So it's kind of like then now it's kind of a race to see who who drops, you know, the most to be able to kind of get that house mm-hmm. sold and then all the other ones then start happening. But I think it, it it's coming. Yeah. I've, I'm feeling it. No, right. And I, I think you're right. And there's a um, – this this remember this. We're in such an instant society that we always pay attention to everything and we're absorbed with things that aren't necessarily always important. 
Um, right now in real estate, traditionally, this is summer where we normally take our summer vacations. Come state fair time, we start paying attention again because that's when the fall market picks up right through the end of the year. Then we get our winter break, you know, until the, the uh, like I say, the spring preview starts. So we generally, uh, in a normal uh, real estate market, have uh, like a cyclicalness to it, you know, where it cycles. Um, we've gotten used to the, hey, rates drop. Now everybody jumps in the market. It doesn't matter what time of year it is or you know, there's 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 in, outside influences that are giving us the reason to buy those houses other than just the natural cycle of life. So in the natural cycle of life, we're supposed to be slow right now. You know what I mean? Or traditionally, we've been slow this month. So Right. I think in a way, we're kind of getting back yeah. to natural. I mean, for for years, it was never, hey, no clue. I mean, we used to be able to say, no matter what, when we came in that listing appointment, mm-hmm. that, hey, we, we know we'll get this. We'll get it within this amount of time. And maybe we'll get more. You know, that mm-hmm. for years was not, it's kind of like, let's go, let's try yeah. and, and see what happens. So, True. you know, I know uh, new construction is obviously a, a big thing that's happening out there mm-hmm. right now. Andy deals with that a lot. Um, but for financing, there's different products out there too. Mr. Yeah, Travis. We, yeah, we actually uh, just established a relationship with uh, with the local bank that has a, a real cool uh, new construction product. And it's a the one thing that's kind of different about this one is it's it's solely based upon that uh, future value or as completed value. Um, you know, this can be used to for for rehabbing a property or for you know just a you know normal new construction. So a lot of times, you know, um, you know with uh, that 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 praise value can be quite a bit higher than what that uh, what that kind of overall purchase price is or the construction cost and and stuff so this will allow us to be able to get a loan based upon the future value as opposed to just the actual costs so in certain instances you might be able to you know build a house with very little out of pocket let's That's go back really to nice. Back to the phones. By the way, there's a line open if you want to ask your real estate question uh, by phone, 651-989-9226. Sue is calling from uh, Shorewood. Sue, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, My husband and I just sold our home, and my question's about the credentials of um, inspectors. We had an inspector come in, and the house has all been newly remodeled, and it's just really nice. And he said, oh, there's signs of mice in the attic. And we need the garbage uh, disposal replaced. So we called someone out from pest control, and they said, there are no signs. You have James Hardy siding. The whole thing's been redone. We can't even find old signs. And they wrote a rather um, harsh letter back to the realtor that requested the inspector. And then the person came out to replace the garbage disposal, which was actually, he said, it works fine. What do you want me to do? I mean, how, how how do you push back on these guys? Our realtor said there's nothing we can do. Just get it done and pay the $2,000 to put new stuff in when it's unnecessary and and, and move on. I'm like, really? I know. This sounds like the water cooler talk in my office. I mean, we, we get this frequently where I'll tell you what, if you find a good inspector, this is – so th- this is a whole industry conversation – when a real estate agent refers you to somebody, generally it's because they have a track record and a history of good performance and good service to their clients, right? And then now in the new world, it's like the real estate agents are told, hey, give out 25 different people and let the customer pick. 
The problem with that is, is that the customers don't always pick right. They pick the one that has a cool logo or they pick the one that says the right thing that triggers them. The, it doesn't have anything to do with experience. It doesn't have anything to do with credentials. It doesn't have anything to do with how many houses they've inspected. First thing I'd say to an inspector is how many houses have you inspected? How many, how many of those customers have had to call you back because you miss, you know, quoted the inspection? Um, because it happens. I mean, I've, I've had houses where they come out and look at the fireplace and say, oh, this whole fireplace is coming down the inside, all the That's the every tiling. fireplace that's ever been inspected. Exactly. And then, and then you call out a contractor and the contractor goes, there's nothing wrong with this. We can sweep this up and do a little of this and we're, we're good to go. But see, the inspectors will call it out and say it because of a liability perspective that they don't want to be liable. And if you read their contracts, you know, so usually the contract says that they're only responsible for up to the amount of the inspection that they were charged. So right. they charge you 450 or 650 dollars or whatever the number was. They, you know, if you complain, you can go back and ask. Yeah, them but for here, that. here's the thing, though. Sue didn't hire that inspector. The Sue had that inspector come into her home, say these things were wrong, and then she had to go get them fixed. That things that weren't even had to be fixed. So she had to order. I think the problem here is that we see it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not always right. You know, and they say you you get a laundry list of things and they say, hey, we want this, 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 this and this. And I'm telling you, maybe half of those things, there's nothing wrong with them, you know, but you should you should get bids. And then this is this is the whole thing about the inspection addendum, too. And what it states in there, and I bet you any money this happened to Sue, is that you get 10 days in which to do the inspection. And then day nine, they come back and say, hey. You know, um, we want this, this, and this. And you got to make a decision and be done with it yeah. or else that thing is canceled when we move on. And so you don't have a chance to be able to kind of uh, dispute what those problems are. Right. But you can maybe get an inspection at the beginning as well. Well, you know, that and the fact that, you know, just because they say it, it doesn't mean that it has to be. So when you counter back on an offer like that, maybe sue the next time you sell a house, you have your agent say that, well, we'll have it fixed to this and or show that it's in working condition. So you can counter that inspection addendum. You don't have to just accept what they say. You could also say, instead, we'll compensate you, you know, $300 for, for the uh, garbage disposal. And, you know, we don't think there's a mouse problem. I haven't seen mice, so we, we dispute that. We're not going to respond to that. You'd be surprised at how many times it's the real estate agent that's representing the buyer asking to put that stuff in there for whatever reason, even though the mm. buyer doesn't care. You, Chris and I have talked about this before. Sometimes it's the agent's issue, not the buyer's issue. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. Uh, thanks, Sue. Uh, we have another uh, just about a half hour of the show to go. If you have a real estate question, 651-989-9226 or send a text, 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show. If you do have a question, by all means, we always welcome yours every week. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Chris and Andy, we have uh, we some do. text, too. We do. What do you see as correlation between real estate tax value and real market value in Minnesota? It's a question we get all the time. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, there's tax value, market value, and appraised value. Right. I mean, appraised value is all, obviously is the... Yeah, based off the comps and the, what the appraiser indicates based off the comps. What the lender feels it's worth, yep. too. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And then there's the tax value. That's what the county is taxing you based on. Right. You know, so that's your that's the and then the true market value is what a buyer's willing to buy it for and what a seller's willing to sell it for. Yep. So how about correlation between tax value and actual market value? None. I, I totally agree. Yeah, there's it none. used to be. I mean, I remember my mom and dad telling me because they my, I've been in my mom and dad were in real estate my whole life. Yep. And um, they always said it was always 10 percent over tax value. Every mm-hmm. time. That's how you'd list the right. houses. You know, it was just it was set that way and it was right. And that's what it went off. 
But I'll tell you what, now it's just all over the board. Well, think about it. So your city has a $20 million, $30 million budget, whatever it is, for their city expenses. They take the amount of houses in the area, and they try to establish some kind of a value to decide how much to tax each person based on if you have a nicer house or less of a house or whatever. And so that's all that number is used for, is just to figure out how much you should be paying in taxes. They try to follow the market conditions. But what's funny is like when the market was going down a few years ago, did everybody notice how your taxes didn't go down, but your property, um, your your tax value did, but the amount that you were paying did not. Right. And then when it went back up, you know, anyway, but it a uh, personal problem. But um, the, yeah, the uh, t- it has nothing to do with what your house is worth on the street. But here's what happens, though. A lot of people will use that against you. So if you're selling the house for seven fifty and your tax market value is five seventeen, yeah, they're like, well, gosh, the county only thinks it's worth this, so I'm not going to pay that. Or they're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, once I pay this, it's going to go way up. That's not well, necessarily yeah, but true. Your ten acre farm in Edina that you have, um, you know, maybe tax at farm value, and then all of a sudden now you rechange zoning, and all of a sudden now it's development. Now it's worth you know ten million dollars. Well, that's that's what I'm saying is like it, tax values based on how much they want to tax you. So if you're taxed as a farmer, they hold the values down or they do whatever different percentages. It, it really is not. I know we look at it as a gauge and we all take it personally when we get that statement every fall and we look at it and go, what the heck? You know, but it, it really comes down to, like you said, Chris, what's the market willing to pay? Currently, totally. based on current market conditions, interest rates make effects on that. You know, demand makes an effect on that. There's a lot of things that that equation used at the city level or the tax level is not um, incorporating. Well, you said in the first segment, too, about a cash buyer. You know, if there's someone out there that, hey, wants to buy it, because here's the thing. It's worth what a buyer's willing to pay and a seller's willing to sell it for. Mm-hmm. And now if they need financing, the lender's going to come into that equation mm-hmm. because now they got to appraise it for that value or else they're going to have to put more money down in which to do it. Right. Cash kind of trumps all of that. It's kind of like it don't it doesn't matter. Right. You know, I mean they're going to pay for it. They don't need financing to justify Yeah, but I heard appraisers paying. and I, I and I know they start calling the show cuz they think I don't like them. I love appraisers, but the thing is is that they'll throw out You're a cash. You just mean to them. Well, no, but it's, here's where I have a problem is that they they follow rules instead of reality sometimes and reality is is that their job is to establish what a fair market value is, right? You know, when they're appraising that house, what what's an appraisable, you know, show the proof that the house is worth this. What other example other than cash is better than cash? Someone that has enough money and the wherewithal to put cash down, that establishes exactly what the market's worth on that house, I would think. And a lot of times they'll say, well, that I didn't put that comp in there because it was cash. And, and to me, it drives me crazy. But they, have, they do have lots of rules they have to follow. I know. It's <laughs> no, the mortgage know. companies. So, but so. That, that's my point. That and a lot more a, now than they had to before. When you have rules, in my opinion, then it sways your opinion of the value. And so it's not a true – just like when you order an appraisal. You could call somebody today and say, appraise my house for 600 figure it out. They could appraise it for 600 You know, it's, it's who hires them is what they basically follow those rules. So if a bank says, but you have to do this, 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 throw out all the cash offers, only do it within a half a block. It has to be the same exact style of house. has to be the exact same square footage on the main floor within 20% you know, plus or minus, and it has to be less than six months old for the sale. And th- that limits your comps. But, yeah, but Travis, they go outside those guidelines too. Well, yeah, it depends on what's available. I mean, if, if you're in a, a, a lesser populated area where there's not quite as much sales, right. I mean, then sometimes you're, you're going back farther or you're using not quite the exact same style of house because of right. just the lack of data. Or new so, construction. They do the same thing. They're going up right. to five miles for new construction just because they, they get it, you know. Yeah, you know, Lake Holmes, too. You got to go. Sometimes you're going 25 miles away, you know, mm-hmm. to find well, the next, the I, next I, comp on a lake. And I think that brings up another question is what if your house doesn't appraise? 
you know, what do you do? I mean, there's some cases <clears throat> that you don't have to just shut the deal down and right. cancel. Sometimes it's just doing a little research to be able to find out that, hey, there's a couple deals that are pending that close in about two more weeks. Let's just ex- extend that closing past that. We could use those as comps. Yeah, in the conventional world, I mean, if there's recent <laughs> sales that ha- that that end up closing shortly after an appraisal is done, you, 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 typically you're able to get those reworked into that that appraisal. And um, you know, but but when you have a con- or a con- government loan, that is a lot easier said than done. It's it's much easier to get something updated with a co- with a conventional loan if there's a couple new sales that close shortly after an appraisal is done. 651-989-9226, the phone line, and uh, t- text us if you like, 81807. Let's go back to the phones, guys. Verdell is on the line. Uh, Verdell, you're on uh, CCO. Good morning. Yes, hi. Uh, I have a question about a quit claim deed. Uh, my husband passed away like 17 years ago, and so my son and daughter are on the deed I have a life estate. Now they're willing to take over. Uh, can I sign off on the deed? I suppose it was set up, you know, and nothing, nothing could be done until I passed away, but yeah. uh, they're willing to take over. So Okay. Well, first of all, what a quick claim deed does is that that transfers your interest. It doesn't, it, it just transfers your interest in the property. It doesn't transfer anything like, um, any bad things that are on the title or mortgages or anything like that. Now, when you combine this with a life estate, I mean, that there might be some taxable events there. Yeah. And I would definitely talk to your accountant um, before making that decision. Um, well, I mean, you know, talking, spending a, a 1000 or $2,000 on getting an opinion on something from an, a, a professional, you know, an accountant or the attorney can save you thirty to $50,000 in making totally. the wrong tax decision. So. I hear that all the time where the, hey, we, we snuck it into the kids' names. Well, that's a taxable event. They're gaining something that, you know, now outside of the protection of inheritance taxes and everything else, you might be actually hurting your children by doing that. So I always say, like we, we always do, tax attorneys and accountants um, are, you know, are, are your It's best. well worth a phone call. Absolutely. You know, and to them. And if you, you know, if we always, we take that stuff too. If you contact Andy or I, uh, yeah. chrisrooney.com or prasky.com, we can get those questions over to people that are on the show all the time mm-hmm. and can kind of get you that answer. And then if you want to em- employ them, you certainly can, or they'll mm-hmm. give that advice at, at no cost to you. Mm-hmm. All right, before we break, let's go to Ellen, who's calling from uh, Minnetonka. Thank you, Ellen. How can we help you? Yeah, um, we're looking at a piece of property that has uh, been tax forfeited. And I called the county. They gave me the price. Is that the price or is it like buying a house and you can put in an offer? Well, that's an interesting question because, uh, Ellen, you know, a lot of times when you buy properties on auction, um, there may be a disclosure that's in there that says does not cover any encumbrances or previous. So there might be other liens and judgments against that property that are still valid. You're just buying the tax rights. to the So they're surrendering it back for tax. But there could be other liens, judgments, and things you have to clean up too. So you need to do a complete title search. I would do a lot more due diligence before I write out a check to buy a tax forfeited property. Yeah, and I think in real estate, in general, what we say is that uh, everything's negotiable. I mean, and it really is. And uh, that's the same thing. I mean, obviously, if they're not able to sell it, and tax forfeited land um, is a, mm-hmm. it's really kind of an interesting thing. It's basically someone's completely forgot about it. 
you know, and mm-hmm. it's that for five years, and then all of a sudden, you know, it reverts to the county, and then they turn around and then sell it off. Well, in the IRS, too, we've dealt with that with the IRS. You follow around their IRS.gov. They've got uh, the tax um, properties that have been seized, and, and they're, oh, my gosh, this is a great deal. It's only 140000 to buy this $300,000 house. And then you do the math on it, and you realize they owe more on that house than what it's worth. And even at that 140, it's not worth purchasing because you got to clean up so much other stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, guys. Let's take a break. We have more show to come. If you do have a real estate question, 651-989-9226, or send a text if that's easier, 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on A3OWCCO. If you have a real estate question, we always like to, to hear from you, either by phone or, as I said, uh, by text. Phone number 651-989-9226 or uh, send a text, and we have a couple of those uh, right now. Yeah, I think we had a follow-up text from uh, Ellen. Oh, okay. On the tax forfeited property, how do you find out if there's other liens or encumbrances tied to that property? I mean, you're at the right spot. If you go to the county, yeah. they'll have everything there for you. It's a t- it's Just take like a the time to search. sit down with them, yeah, mm-hmm. and they'll uh, and they'll go over all of that stuff with you. So, also, you can go through a title company uh, to do that, but it's probably easier. I mean, then you have to start employing them. Well, you know, you can get the answers right there at the county. True, and a lot of people misconceive. You know, when you do go through a foreclosure, a lot of times that does wipe out all the other incumbences when you buy a foreclosure. When you tax forfeit, that does not. Yeah. Right. Okay, here's a good question. We owe less than 50000 on the house we live in. Any good reason to pay it off? I think that's a – obviously that's a kind of a personal thing if someone wants to be done with their loan. But, you know, there's obviously some tax advantage to interest uh, interest rates. But there's also another interesting way. I mean, what, do you, what are you going to use that other money for? Where are that money sitting? I mean, if it's sitting in a 1% savings account. Yeah, the other thing too, I mean, that's, you know, the amount of interest deduction you're probably getting on a $50,000 balance. You know, not even even out. You know, it might not even get you past where you you get a benefit for it. So, I mean, it's kind of like personal preference in my world, or for my advice, you know, if if you have the cash and it doesn't like screw up any other long-term goals or whatever, I mean... Why not pay it off? Why not have, not have a mortgage payment? But or it, or do a cash out refinance and have Andy sell you investment property. Yes, <laughs> make you more that. money. <laughs> yes. Oh, you laugh, but, but that's it, but the whole true. time we were talking. What a lot that's of people what I was thinking do that. Of. I was thinking, pay that off and let's go buy a cabin. <laughs> you know, he's always selling. Okay, did we, did we miss any of these? Uh, uh, let's see. Somebody oh, wanted to know. I, I don't know if you can. Can you answer a question like that? Investment wise, <laughs> real estate or the stock market. Oh, Which God. one's better? <laughs> Anybody one. Obviously, we're realtors, and yeah. so um, I think it. You know, in real estate, I mean, it's all in the buy. Mm-hmm. It's what you get it for, you know. And if you can get a good buy, and, and there's some good buys out there right now, there really is. And right. I'll tell you the other thing that's there's not a lot of uh, out there is executive type rentals, but there's a lot of people that want to rent that, mm-hmm. and that's where some of these some of these executive homes. You know, and I say kind of like over that $700,000 mark, you can get some amazing deals on them. And then if you rent them out for a while, when that market flips, I mean, mm-hmm. you'll be able to gain a lot of a, a lot of nice little equity. For sure. Them, you know, and you're covering your payment. I mean, with with uh, the rates of what they're at now, too, you know, you're not paying that much. And I'm telling no. you, those executive rentals, they pay. 
Oh yeah. You know, they're paying four to well, seven thousand a month. That and they they're short term leases, but then you flip that over to Airbnb and you have people coming into town that there you go. want to rent for two weeks while they're working on a project at the big company in town or whatever. Th- those properties are huge in demand right now. Yeah, we're I've been uh uh, seeing on the VRBO thing where yep. cities are trying to, you know, get get rid of those and not have those and mm-hmm. have longer term rentals rather than beginning. So and try and get that get house. some research. We're going to talk about that someday. Try and get that house before the Super Bowl. Might be able to yeah, exactly. uh, rent, rent that rent that house for get a whole year's worth of rent in that one week. That's that's funny because a lot of people talk about that. They did that about the Ryder Cup too, mm-hmm. and that what they said they were getting and what they ended up getting were were two different things. There's certain places. You know, that if Tiger Woods comes into town, you're going to get whatever you want, right. you know. But uh, if you're downtown, there's some really good things. But there's a lot of, like, townhomes and associations that won't let you rent them out. And mm-hmm. So you're kind of stuck there, too. Somebody, we had a text earlier, uh, what compels people to develop around ponds? Well, everybody has their it's a, their wishes. It's an upgrade, I'll tell you that. It's I mean, a, you, you pay more for it. Well, it's a deep love of turtles, Denny, is what it starts turtles. with. Turtles? Yeah. We, uh, no, I, here's what I say. So new construction, I jokingly say that because I absolutely love my turtles. I live on a pond. I have a few rocks out back. And middle of the day, I'm on the phone working the business. Turn around, and there's the beautiful turtles. And then there's swans that will swim in and whatever. So um, I live on a pond. I love a pond. Um, it brings a lot of wildlife that I normally would not see, but yet keeps it at a distance because usually it stays out onto the pond. Um, if you have small children... And, you know, some people avoid ponds. But yeah. in new construction, we get a premium for pond lots. You do. We get a premium for uh, lots that have views Absolutely. of a lake or lakes of a wetland. And so it's it's instead of looking at somebody's windows, like the urban feel, I think if you can get a suburban built house that feels like you're out in the country, but yet you're still close to town, yeah. that, that that's what a lot of people desire okay. in Minneapolis. Sense. Anyway. It's, it's funny, <laughs> Andy, you said something about the turtles. <laughs> I have, a, I have a, a good friend of mine that invested in some uh, – land down in Florida. And in 2008, he bought this land for 140000 and he just got an offer for it for $8,000. And they were mm. just, and now they're putting in all the utilities. They didn't have utilities at the time. So there's 18000 coming. He's just like totally flustered. So he gets, he gets the deal done and they go out to the lot and they said, uh, we have a problem. You have burrowing owls and gopher tortoises. <laughs> And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, it's five thousand a piece to get it. So he's got to pay two thousand to even get out of there. And it's just, uh, oh. but now someone just accepted the burrowing owls and gopher tortoises. But that's kind of interesting, you know, that because they're they're Talk endangered. About a niche you, market. You must know what a burrowing owl is and a gopher no. tortoise. No, <laughs> I was. It was really funny what he was yeah. saying because like, the guy they, just lost 140 grand. Oh, what they, I'd ask you what they and paid like for it for ten years and lost 140. So market's not all the way back. No, not in Florida for sure. They were in some areas. Actually, we were just talking about the delinquency or deficiency rates of payments being missed is still at almost eighteen percent in Florida. Phoenix is the same. So a lot of these big cities that are the hot cities, even though they're masking it and they're hiding it from us, it still hasn't gone away. The economy's not back a hundred percent like it used to be. It it feels like it is because you know we're all tricked by what's happening, but ultimately it still needs it still needs to get a lot healthier still. Boy, this is an interesting one, a rental question. It says, my grandson in the military signed as a co-signer for a friend. He never lived there. The friend then committed suicide. Oof. Now the grandson has an eviction notice hanging over his head. Can he get out of this? Wow. Legal question. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's legal, but it's wow. uh, that's, that's very interesting. That I wonder if that landlord had to file eviction just to be able to get rid of that lease because oh. the other person is gone. And so 
It might be a well, that's legal. The, I would state problem, uh, legal problem. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because I'll tell you what, from an eviction standpoint, if you get evicted, you know, it's very hard to get a rental. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that we yep. on our rentals. It's like, hey, if you've had an eviction, you're, we're not dealing with you, right. or even you know had an unlawful detainer. Well, we've even you. had clients that have co-signed for their buddy, and then their buddy misses every other payment, and their credit's destroyed because they co-signed for a buddy back in the day to help them out. And it, I'm telling you, don't just co-sign. Take it a lot more seriously than, you know, than it's it's a big deal. Travis, another one. Would you be better off to pay down your land loan with your savings account before building or save it and use it while building a house? Um, I think I would probably save it and use it because, mm-hmm. I mean, once you kind of own that land for a certain period of time, I mean, you, you probably are gaining equity in that house from or that that land from appreciation and mm-hmm. you know you can utilize that equity from the appreciation in the land or the uh, reduction in loan balance uh, and you know it's kind of potato potato at the end of the day because you're potato gonna, potato yeah you're gonna need all that money you know to to whatever you're deciding but, to build but it also, andy's not even come up with potato oh. potato yeah no, i know i was I mean, holding out you, yeah, you were i got that six more week, pages before i get to the potato week. references <laughs> All right. It's getting close to lunchtime, I think. So we're, we're just about out of time. How do we get in touch with each one of you guys now? How do we do it? ChrisRudy.com is where I'm at. TravisMNLoans.com. Prasky.com. It's just easier internet. But, you know, go to our website, too, though, or the Facebook. We've got the uh, Real Estate Radio Hour, WCCO. Okay. Yeah, and check us out. Oh. We put an article on there, the most expensive cities and least expensive cities to live in. So go check it out. I want to do that article. today. And all our listings are on that, too. Yep. Right. Good deal. Uh, back next week, I presume? Yes. Very good. good. All right. Thank you all for joining us today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.